We're going to look at a passage you've heard a lot of times. I don't know how many times you've ever truly let it look into it. But I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. And I want us to look at this parable of the Good Samaritan. And it should come up here in a minute. I'm going to use this today. But I want us to look at this parable. And I want you to ask a question to yourself. And it's not, who's my neighbor? question I want you to ask yourself this morning is, are you a good neighbor? Someone told me one time, if you're a good neighbor, you'll have good neighbors. And if you're a bad neighbor, you're probably going to have bad ones. Because how you treat people has a lot to do with how people treat you. Ain't that right, Brother Jimmy? And I don't know about you, I thank God for good neighbors. And today, as we look here, Jesus was teaching and one of the fa- lawyer, a uh, a scribe, he was probably a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He was speaking to Jesus not because he was receiving what he had, but because he was trying to trick Jesus probably. And if you look here with me in verse 25, we're going to read the passage together, and then we're going to pray. And there it is, am I a good neighbor? Luke 10, verse 25. If you read it with me, Jesus says in his word here this morning, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, What is written in the law? He basically said, What's in the Bible? What does the Word say? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered with a parable. That's a story that takes a very familiar situation to teach a spiritual lesson. And Jesus answered and said to him, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, came where he was. And he saw him and he had compassion. That's the word of the morning that I want you to listen to. And when he saw him, unlike the two religious guy, the priest, the pastor, preacher type guy, and the Levite, the deacon type guy, he had compassion on him. And when you got compassion on people, you do what those people need. So he went to him. He didn't go away from him. And he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn. And he took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii. That would have been two working days wages. You could say today $200. And gave them to the innkeeper. And he said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come back again, I'll repay you. And then Jesus asked the question, so which of these three do you think 
was a neighbor to him who left, fell among the thieves. And the man said, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus says to him, go and do likewise. Father, today we want to thank you for the word of God. But Lord, help us to remember today that everything written in the word of God according to Jesus is all dependent upon these two verses that we first read. To love the Lord God with everything first. And to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We can do everything else it says, but if we don't do that, we fail. So Lord, today, help us to learn and challenge us and teach us how to be a good neighbor. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we look at this, and this is something that happened and that they would have been easily able to identify because Jericho was a place that lots of, when I did my studies, people who lived, who had business to do, in Jerusalem lived in. It was like a suburb. And lots of priests and lots of Levites lived there. I don't know if you understood how it worked in those days, but there was 12 tribes, and each month a different group of Levites would have a time of responsibility to stay at the temple and serve the temple. The priest was on a rotation. And these priests very possibly was on their way back home after serving for their time of rotation to serve the temple. The high priest was in charge of ministering the sacrifice and actually receiving it and the one actually performing it before the Lord. He was actually also responsible to administer the word, the law. The Levites served the, the temple. They kept the temple. They prepared it. They cleaned it. They kept everything going so that the high priest could keep. They were very similar to a deacon and a preacher. And guys, on the way down this road, this guy that's laying there is probably a fellow Jew because it said a certain man on his way back from Jerusalem fell among thieves and he's laying there in dire need to the point he's half dead. And if you're half dead, you're almost there. Amen. He was in trouble. And the pastor seen him and the pastor looked at him and the pastor's like, oh, kept on going. Here comes the deacon right behind him. The deacon sees him. And it says by chance. You know, if you're a Christian today, there's nothing that God allows you to come up on doing your day-to-day, week-to-week activities. That's by chance. It's all sovereignly allowed and made possible by the providence of God. So when you come up on something like this, you may believe in coincidence, but the Bible says that if you belong to Jesus, if you're following Christ, nothing in your life would be a coincidence. The Samaritan comes, which today would be whatever we would least likely want to be our neighbor. The most despised group of people. Samaritans were half-breeds. They were half-Jew and they were half-Samaritan. They had interbred, which was a big thing not to do in Jewish days to protect the Jewish bloodline, but they had done that. And so the Jews looked at on them as worse than anything else. And so when Jesus said a Samaritan came, that automatically would have made them upset. And he says the Samaritan had something that those religious men who were leaders of God's people didn't have. He had compassion. It's the missing thing in the church in a lot of people's lives. They're religious. 
They know the word. They even have responsibility sometimes within the work of the church. But if you don't have compassion, it don't hurt your feelings to pass them by. I don't know about y'all, but there's sometimes I see them and I don't know what they're going to do with that money, but I just can't go past them without giving them a few dollars. And I don't help near as many as I should. And I'm not here to tell you you can help anybody, but if you're one of them people that never helps anybody, you need to listen to what I got to say this morning. Because God doesn't put them people there by accident, and he didn't give you what you have just to use how you want. Everything you have is given to him, and you are a steward. That means you're responsible not to use it for yourself, but to use it for the one who blessed you with it. And out of all these three men, the least likely one, the one that a religious man in that day and time of Jesus would have despised the most, was the one who did what was right because he had this compassion. You know what compassion is? Sympathetic pity pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. That comes right from Webster's Dictionary. You could give you an example right now. The hurricane victims are worthy of compassion. Would you agree with me? And you know what else, though? COVID victims are worthy of compassion. Whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, our government needs to realize they're all worthy of compassion. Whether they won their, wore their mask or didn't wear their mask, if anyone gets it, we ought to have compassion for them. And the people that are involved and in, 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 who are affected by this, you know, we could look around and say, well, what can we do with compassion? That one man probably saved another man's life because he had enough compassion to stop and he was willing to do with what he had what he could. He took his own money, he took his own provisions and he put water and wine, he bandaged him, he put him on his own animal and walked him to an inn, put him in a room, spent the night with him, probably taking care of him, helping him. And then when he left, he probably wasn't able to go with him so he went and left enough money to take care of him till he could come back again to see how he was planning on going back to see how he got. And he said, and if I owe you anything else, I'll pay for you when I see you again. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but that's the power of compassion. You know, today we look and say, well, what could we do? I don't know if you think about this, but only heaven knows what two trailers worth of things going down there can do to people who are in a place right now in need of compassion, who may be doubting God, who may be discouraged, who may be without hope. I don't know about y'all, but I wouldn't want to get robbed left on the side of the road dead, amen? But I surely would hope a brother came along, a fellow preacher or somebody, and found me and helped me. Can you imagine what the man laying there must have thought? Because it looks like they kind of went close enough. He probably seen him and said, oh, that's a priest, because he would have known a priest. They dressed different. They dressed in their holy robes, and they would have looked their part but the bad thing was he's a lot like us we look like we're supposed to look on the outside but many of us in the church ain't what we're supposed to be on the inside we lack the most important thing if we are like Jesus and our father compassion I want you to look at these verses with me here in the book of Psalms if you was to look up that word compassion, it says the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. I don't know about you, but that's an amen, praying you. It's a good time to amen this morning. 
The Lord is gracious. That means he gives us what we don't deserve. Why is that? Because he's full of compassion, and then he has mercy. What is mercy? He don't give us what we do deserve. Thank God he's slow to anger when we deserve his anger. And he's great in mercy. What would make God not do what we deserve and give to us what we don't deserve? Compassion. It says in this next verse, But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-servant, suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. You know the reason Jesus came and died for us? was because God had compassion on us. I want you to look at this. But God, the Father, but He being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, and He did not destroy them. Yes, many a time He turned His anger away and did not stir up all His wrath. He's talking about Israel. His chosen old covenant people. And guys, I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful that the Lord in His mercy didn't give us what we deserved because we're all sinners. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of His glory and done things we shouldn't have done. But He sent Jesus, being full of compassion. He forgave us of our iniquity. That's our habitual sin. You may think, I don't have iniquity. Oh, yeah, you got things you do all the time. Some of us like to lie. Some of us like to be selfish. Some of us like to eat like we ain't supposed to be. <laughs> we don't like to think of that as sin, but it's all sin, my friend. And it all, when it's repetitive in our life, adds up against God. But God, who has compassion, is willing to forgive us and give us mercy. Look what he says, he did not destroy them. Yes, many a time, not just once. How many times do you think God's had to forgive us in our lifetime? You ever thought about that? And how many times do you think God's had to forgive us, not because of something that just happened to us, but because of our own foolishness? I love the fact that God is merciful for a fool, amen? He forgives us. Many a time God has helped us when we didn't deserve his help. So what makes us think we only want to help people that deserve it? If they don't deserve our help, we shouldn't help them. Friends, you know what? If you help people, one day they may be able to help somebody else. But if we don't help them, it's for sure they're going to stay like they are. And he says he did not stir up his wrath. You know what? When Jesus came, one of the identifying traits of Jesus was that he, I forgot I had this one up here, through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. But I want you to look at this. The Bible says this about Jesus, and we're going to get to where I want to get. And when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. You know, everyone talks about the COVID and the pandemic. Everyone right now is thinking about the hurricane and what all's happened to our southern Louisiana neighbors. Everyone's talking about Afghanistan and how sad that those people got left. And I just read a thing the other day where they said there was a bunch of members of the underground church that were martyred already, that they have proof and have found where they had martyred some Afghan believers. But guys, I want to ask you something. Does it do more than just make you feel bad? Does it ever move you to do something? To do more than just feel bad about what happened. 
You see, Jesus was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd to the point over and over in the Bible you'll see that Jesus so moved by his compassion that he would meet their needs and help them. Look at what it says right here. Whoops. I thought I had more of them on there than that. Well, anyway, let me read to them. I got them on my paper. When you read Matthew, it says, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. In verse 14 of chapter 14, it says, when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion from them, and he healed their sick. Now Jesus, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 32, do you notice that's just a chapter away? Almost every chapter, if you go look at Matthew, it's going to have a verse that says this. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself, and he said, I have compassion for the multitude, because they have now continued with me for three days, and they have nothing to eat. Now I do not want to send them away hungry. Let's feed them. And you know what he did? He fed the 5,000 because he said, I have compassion. In Matthew chapter 20, when you get almost to the end of the chapter, the, the book of Matthew, there's a verse. He says, Jesus had compassion, and he touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Friends, it, it says that Jesus moved by compassion. Jesus said, I have compassion. And then that verse says something that I think we all need to get a grip of. Jesus had compassion. What is compassion? Compassion is sympathetic pity and concern for the misfortunes and needs of others. To the point Jesus did something. You said, yeah, but preacher, we can't heal the sick. We can't feed 5,000 people. He's not asking us to do what Jesus could do. He's asking us to do what me and you can do with what he's blessed us with. And that man there he had oil, he had vinegar or wine, he had bandages, he had an animal, and he helped that man and saved his life. He had enough money that he sacrificially left him with the innkeeper, and he took care of his needs. Friends, listen, today you might not be able to heal the sick, but you can sure minister to them and help them through their time. A card makes a big difference when you're in the hospital. But guys, you know what? Right now, there's all kinds of people that are involved who are working to heal the sick who are going through a difficult times. How many of you have seen those videos lately of those poor first responders and those nurses who are on the front lines ministering to us and our neighbors for the COVID? And they're just overwhelmed with the grief and the loss that they are having to experience day by day. You could say, well, we're a church. What can we do for a bunch of nurses and doctors? You know what? I've been thinking of ways we can help, just like we're going down there. We're making a move. We're doing what we can do. We're loading up a bunch of stuff that they said they need. I've been asking those people, what do you need? We're going to bring it to them, and we're going to do it in the name of Jesus with an attitude of Jesus, and we're hoping that Jesus is going to take it and use a simple thing like that to not only meet their thirst, to not only meet their hunger, to not only help them to find something if they need clothing, but to do something more, to remind them there's a God that cares, that there's a people that love him enough to disrupt their life, get out of their regular little comfortable routine, leave their air-conditioned homes, and go down there to them to help them. You know those nurses and those doctors all around us 
in hard-hit Shreveport? What do you think would happen if some church people got together and made some care packages? I don't mean bring them a bunch of old junk. I mean put some thought and some money and made them something that when you got it, you were saying, Lord, this is cool. And had some personal care things for a lady, for the nurses, and some snacks for a doctor, because he's a man. He likes stuff to eat, probably. And just brought him and said, this is from Bethany Baptist Church. We know y'all been going through it, and we've been hearing about how difficult it's been for y'all through this COVID pandemic. And we just wanted to bring you a little something to show you our appreciation, to show you that we've been thinking about you, and we're praying for you. And this is a gift to show you that someone cares and Jesus loves you, and this is for you. What if us men cooked a bunch of stuff like fried white perch and called all the firehouse around here, Brother Robert, and said, hey, we're going to fry fish on such and such. Can we bring y'all some go plates? Because we want to let you know we're thankful for y'all's commitment to serve our community. You know what that'll do? That'll make a fireman want to go and do something. That'll remind him that what he's done with his life is worth it because it's making a difference. Friends, that's what God wants us to do. You see, everybody's like, we're in a pandemic. It's disrupted. We can't have church like usual. Usual church ain't reached America if you ain't woke up yet. Maybe God's trying to make us do church in an unusual way. Maybe he's trying to make us find new things to do that we can personally get one-on-one with the people that ain't here so that we can give them what we got. I don't know about y'all, but my Jesus came looking for me when I wasn't looking for him. He came and found me when I didn't even care whether I wanted him or not. And those people out there need to be reminded that there's a God who loves them that is, cares for them and his people are thinking about them. Friends, when we do what we do, there's never, ever, ever, if we do it for Jesus, with a heart of compassion for His glory and for those people's benefit, it never, ever doesn't accomplish something. And you know what? If we would get a mindset in the church to quit focusing on everything here and start looking out there, I don't know about y'all, But some of us is going to leave here like that priest. We're going to be going on our regular route. And you might pass a car broke down today. Now, it's dangerous. I wouldn't recommend stopping on any car and make sure you got a gun. I'm joking. Make sure you fill up with Jesus, though. But guys, listen, whatever happened to helping people? You know, the other day I was looking and I got a pair of jumping cables and a chain in my truck. And I took them out. I said, man, I don't ever use that no more. I got a new truck now. I had it in my old truck because every now and then I needed it. But God said, yeah, your old truck did need pulling. You have to call Richard, come get you on that one. And every now and then you needed to jump it off. He said, but now you got a truck, maybe you can pull somebody. Maybe you can jump somebody. I put my stuff back in there, amen. (laughs) You see, we always think about, I need this chain and I need these jumping cables in case I get in trouble. But you really might need stuff like that in case you meet somebody in trouble. You know what I believe is fixing to happen, brothers and sisters? I'm fixing to see somebody sitting on the side of the road with the hood up. What's wrong, brother? I believe I got a dead battery. 
We try that. That ain't working. Well, I got a chain. Want me to pull you somewhere? Guys, listen, when you're doing something like that, guess what you get an opportunity to do? They said, man, nobody stopped for me. The only reason I stopped because it because Jesus. <laughs> and you help people. Remember when people used to help people and be neighbors? Now people ain't nobody a neighbor. Everybody's scared. If you help somebody like that, that may make a difference in his life so much that the next time he sees somebody needing help, he might help somebody. Can I get an amen? You see, guys, it all starts with simple acts of compassion in the name of Jesus. And look what Jesus says in this verse, in his word. If you really fulfill the royal law, what is the royal law? What I just read to you. To love the Lord God with all your heart, with everything you got. And to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. He said, if you really do this, if you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. You do well. Guys, we all love ourselves. We all love our families. We love our other Baptists. We love conservative Republicans. But do we love progressive, liberal Democrats who maybe not be of our church denomination enough to stop and help them? Because Jesus said, if you're not willing to help those who won't help you, you're never going to be a good neighbor. A good neighbor doesn't only help neighbors he likes <laughs> he helps whoever needs help and he makes the world a better place because he has something the world doesn't have the love and compassion that took a God to say son go down there they're going to kill you and hang you on a cross you're going to be a sacrifice for them and it took a son said okay father who left heaven, left glory, came here, lived amongst us, and willingly went to a cross because he loved us enough to die for us and gave his life. And you know what the Bible says? Listen to this. This comes out of 1 John. This is some good stuff. It says, but this we know, love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him and does not love God and the love of God does not abide in him. My little children, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. Listen what he says. My little children, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. And he says right above that, how can we, if we have the means to help somebody and are not willing to help them, how do we have the love of God in us? And we all got something that we can give to help people. Let me read you one other one. I want you to turn here with me. We're going to close. Man, y'all going to say, praise Jesus. He's going to be through today before, before, 12 o'clock, what a miracle. But I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're not going to be through because I'm going to ask some of you to come back tonight and help us get them trailers loaded and secured. But I want you to look at this verse. 
I'd never seen this verse until I started looking at compassion and saying, God, show me what I need to see. Look what Peter says in verse 8 of chapter 3 in 1 Peter. He says, finally, finally, finally what? Since what all God's done for you, (laughs) how much he's helped you, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. So the Bible says we're all supposed to be like-minded and we're all to have compassion for one another. And remember what that is. Compassion is to have a genuine, sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and needs of others. And he says right here, finally, all of you, not some of you, not the pastor, not the leadership team, all of you, who is all of you? If you got saved, if you got washed in the blood, if you've been forgiven, if he spilled you with his spirit and adopted you into his kingdom and marked you with his character and his person, that's you. (laughs) All of us. Not just hired, paid staff. Everybody that's saved. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Let's all be together in unity. Let's all want to do the same thing. Let's have compassion for one another. Let's love each other as brothers love each other. Now, every now and then, brothers will get in a little... But you know what? If you mess with a brother, you mess with the other one. Amen? Because we all one. And look at what he goes on and says there. Be tender-hearted. Some translations translates that word tender-hearted as sympathetic. <laughs> you know why you can be tender-hearted to your wayward, difficult brother? Sympathetic? Because you just like him. You can aggravate him just like he aggravates you. You can mess up just like he messes up. None of us will ever deserve to be treated with compassion. But everybody here is in need of it. And the person willing to give it is more like Jesus. You're never more like Jesus when you give stuff to people just because Jesus gave you the ability to do it. And he says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love each other as brothers and sisters, as family. Be tenderhearted, be sympathetic, and be courteous to each other. Be polite. (laughs) Think of them first. And then look at what he says. Not returning evil for evil. Not reviling for reviling. But on the contrary... It's so easy to get even. (laughs) The natural thing is, I'm going to get him back. You mess with me, an eye for an eye, tooth for the tooth. That's Old Testament, thank God. Amen? Jesus don't do it that way. Now, Jesus said, nope, now it's grace. Turn the other cheek. If he takes your shirt, give him your coat. If he asks you to go one mile, go two. Love not only those who love you, but love those who spitefully use you. And friends, that's what would make the world a better place. Christians like Jesus. And look at what he goes on and says. Knowing that you were called to this. Called to what? To not return evil for evil. To not revile, to be reviled, because you've been reviled. But the contrary Look at what he says, blessing them. Blessing them. 
knowing that you were called to this, to bless people, so that you will inherit a blessing. You know what the Bible says, according to Paul, in the book of Acts, he said that Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in need, thank God for the blesser. <laughs> but you know what I found? It is more blessed to be able to give because you're not the one needing. You're the one that's been blessed to where now you can provide the blessing. That's what he saved you for. That's what he's helped you for. Not so you can just keep being a taker, but so that you can become a giver. 12 o'clock. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, what kind of neighbor are you? Are you a neighbor that's always needing, always taking? Or are you a neighbor that's giving? And when you look around, who's your neighbor? Only those who are like you, only those who you like, or, or is your neighbor whoever God puts in your path? You know, this week, I've been praying, God's going to put people in our path that when we see them, you're going to have to knowingly resist the spirit and the love of Jesus to walk away from them. And I pray when you walk away, you feel bad, baddest they felt in that need. Because I want you to learn what it's like to stop. <laughs> Let your life get disrupted for the cause of Christ. Let him have the agenda and say, you know what, it ain't an accident I come up on this person. And I got to give up a little bit, but I'm going to stop and I'm going to help them. And I'm going to be a blessing to them. And you know what you'll find out? That it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you know what? I was studying this sermon. And you can ask Diane. I was Thursday I'd preached at the Cowboy Church. And them extra three sermons adding up too. And I was tempted. I wanted to preach the same sermon. God said, you did that already. You can't do it. You, them people come there. You need to preach something new. That was not for your church. That was for that church. So I'm studying and I'm just digging into this sermon in that morning, Friday morning, my mama calls. And she says, Brother Randy Harper got this people's name. His doctor gave it to him there in need. And when he meets people in need, since Randy, he's Randy's doctor, he lets people know. And Brother Harper said that they'll help this person, but they live in Greenwood and they're closer to you. And he wanted to give you the opportunity to go help them. So if you can go help them, they're closer to your church and you might be able to minister to them. First thing I did was, Mama, I ain't got time for that. I had to preach that. I'm trying to get my sermon. I'm trying to do this. I'm getting ready for Sunday. I'm getting... Boy, that's religion. That's the high priest that went down the road that didn't stop. And all of a sudden I said, okay, Mama, let me see. I'll go get them when I can. So, man, I looked at it. I prayed. The next day I called them. And when I called him, soon as I said, I don't know how to tell you this, but somebody gave me your name, another preacher friend of mine, Brother Randy Harper, and he told me you might be in need. Is this Brother Marvin? <laughs> I know you. I heard you preach before. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I had a different name because they, they like most rednecks. Rednecks go by a different name. So I started yeah, I know you. So guess what? I was able to go get them some groceries. I was able to bring it to them. I was able to see those tears in their eyes. I was to get a good hug. And I left saying, thank you so much, Brother Marvin. We didn't even know what we was going to eat tomorrow. Friends, you see, it's all around us. And you know what? God gave me this great sermon. So it goes to tell you, it didn't distract me, amen? God doesn't distract people. 
He blesses people. But sometimes you got to be willing to let him distract what you want to do to take time to do what he wants you to do to get what I'm talking about today. That's what makes a good neighbor. Thank God for a neighbor that'll leave his yard alone to come help take care of yours. That'll leave his family need alone to come help meet your family's need. I don't know about y'all, but we need some good Samaritans around here. Can I get an amen? I'm going to ask us all today before we leave this place. If you haven't give, give to the cooperative program. Give to the Georgia Barnett. It'll be used for good, but that's a wonderful thing. But it ain't the same as our church personally investing in needy people in the name of Jesus where they know where it came from, why it came, and we personally connect. And that's what we'll do. And I want you to pray about it, ladies. Y'all minister to nurses. Man, God's put it on my heart. We're going to minister to the policemen. We're going to minister to firemen. If we was to go down here to Greenwood and bring all of them a fried fish dinner, they might get us off a ticket one day or something. You never know. We'd get blessed. And that would be a miracle to get out of a ticket in Greenwood. Can I get an amen? But all kidding aside, you underestimate what Jesus can do. But if we ain't willing to do what we can do, why do we want him to do for us what only he can do? So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, and I'm going to ask you to commit to be a good neighbor and help people who are in need. And pray, God, give me a heart of compassion. And I'm going to ask you also, to some of you, to come back tonight. Let me know before you leave. If you've got any money you want to give towards that, we're going to be going to Sam's today. As soon as I go eat, I'm going to head to Sam's. We're going to get some of these paper products and stuff. If you haven't given yet, you can give that to me, and we'll take care of that. If you go get some supplies, bring them back this evening before 6. And, man, we need some able-bodied folks that can come help us get these trailers loaded and strapped down. We all do that together, and then we're going to circle around them. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for Brother Dave's giving garage and for us, and those men's going to be in the truck with me. <laughs> and, Lord willing, we're going to go down south and minister to people in the name of Jesus. So let's just start with that. But I want to invite you to come to the altar if you need to. Ask God to put somebody on your heart. Help somebody and watch what he does. He'll bless you for it, but more than that, he'll bless them. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we take time this morning to pray for hurricane victims and pandemic victims, families that's lost loved ones in a horrific way, who are hurting. Lord, nurses and doctors who have been overwhelmed with the responsibility to go above and beyond what any human can take care of. And they're tired and they're discouraged. And Lord, they need to be reminded by a touch of love, not just somebody speaking with a tongue and lips, but someone with hands and feet, with arms to hug and wallets to give with. That we might meet needs. Show us the needs, Lord, and we'll go. And we'll do what you want us to do. Help us to quit focusing on here and help us to get our minds once again out there there's roads all over with people like that man who are in need of help. Help us to meet those needs. In Jesus' name, amen.